Pain Train Productions presents Arch Rivals Football Season 2. Your starting lineup, Ricky Litwinkowicz, Alex Aldape, Todd Rosenfeld, and Nicholas Russell. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Arch Rivals Football. It is 10-15-2019, and as you can see, we got Alex Aldape in the lower left-hand corner. Ah. And we got Nicholas Russell in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, hello, everybody. <laughs> you, I was gonna say it in Spanish, but then my brain farted, so my bad. <laughs> you really couldn't. You really couldn't follow up that hello, could you? I could not, and and that, and that's why that's why my brain farted for a minute because I was like, how am I supposed to follow that up? And I was gonna say hola, como esta, but it didn't jump in my head quick enough. That ends up happening sometimes. <laughs> True. So uh, we, I legitimately have been my phone ringing off the hook with Bleacher Report and NFL.com. There's a lot of news to talk about tonight. And one of the biggest moves out of all of them raised a lot of eyes around 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when the L.A. Rams acquired Jalen Ramsey for a first-round 2020 pick, a 2021 first-round pick, and a 2021 fourth round pick. Hours three picks is it for a corner? Yes, but this is only hours after they trade uh, Marcus Peters to the Baltimore Ravens for linebacker Kenny Young. That's a pretty good trade. Yeah, you know, I mean, look at it like this, dude. First of all, let, let's let's talk about let's talk about the Ramsey trade. Um, a I hate to be this guy, but that's exactly what I wanted Tampa to do, but they didn't, so it's whatever. Uh, number two, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, the Los Angeles Rams gave up way too much for this trade. Based on how? Because if the Rams make the playoffs, it's just a lower first-round pick. If you, it, it, I, think it's, I think you have to look at it from the perspective of if the Rams were going to suck and they went like 5-11, and 11, and you end up with like a top 10 pick, then yeah, maybe that's the case. But I don't think that the Rams are a team that's going to go 5-11. and 11. I know they, they're kind of on a losing streak right now, but this isn't a bad trade. Dude, Marcus Peters was getting beat at will in the last three games. They needed a shutdown corner. They needed somebody to, to kind of fill in that spot. You know, the Baltimore Ravens were willing to take a chance on Marcus Peters. So the Los Angeles Rams had nothing to lose in making this deal. So I don't know if I necessarily agree with the whole uh, aspect of, oh, well, I think they gave up way too much for him because I think I don't think that they did. If you remember the movie Hustle and Flow, when DJ went to go buy that microphone and a guy told him, if you want quality, you got to pay for it. Well, this is the exact same thing. If you were going to get one of the better shutdown corners Very in true. football, you have to pay for it. And in this case, you're pretty much trading 
two lower first round what if draft picks for a surefire shutdown corner. So I think it's a good deal for the Rams because they get a shutdown corner. I think it's a good deal for the Jaguars because now they acquire extra picks, which it looks like they wanted to. And they get rid of the headache that is Jalen Ramsey in Jacksonville. All right. So one of the things that I did see on Bleacher Report, and it was an eye-popping thing. Uh, I mean, the Rams pretty much... Yeah, it was because I didn't know the full details to this all. The L.A. Rams possibly will not have a first-round pick for the next five drafts, okay? They traded away their 2017 to Tennessee to trade up to get Jared Goff. That's one pick. Now they've traded uh, to the Patriots. They traded a first-round pick for Brandon Cooks. Then they traded down to Atlanta. They traded with Atlanta to trade down. Okay, so that's three picks right there. And now for the next two drafts, they don't have a first round pick because they traded for Jalen Ramsey. So, so by twenty twenty two, they will not have had a first round draft pick. Correct. Unless somehow miraculously a pick comes up within the next two weeks because the trade deadline ends on the 29th of October, that. They will not have a first rounder. The, the Rams are not going to even be represented until the second round of the 2020 draft. I mean, it's, but but like I said again, dude, I I really think that it's it's the classic case of you're trading a bunch of what if first round draft picks for proven stars. Yeah, but that's we- true. Uh, that's very that's very true. Uh, at the same time, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man. At the same time, like, you can look at certain places, you know, look at certain players and, like, I mean, look at the Raiders with Josh Jacobs. That's a first-round draft pick. Yeah, that, was, know, part I mean, of, that was part of the Khalil Mack trade. We got hit. We got the heat. The, that's part of the Khalil Mack trade. So I guess you're right, but at the same time, that's, that's where I'm – that's where I'm at. I mean, I really think that. I mean, definitely the Jaguars that they came out sitting pretty on this one because even though they lost, you know, Jalen Ramsey doesn't play there anymore. They have the potential to pick up some quality individuals. There's a lot of really good players that are going to be coming into the 2020 draft. So, I mean, but I but that is that's the thing. I mean, there are some other parts of. You know the Rams' defense and offense that really you might want to take a chance with those first-round draft picks, and then you know you're going to go away for one player that I mean he is. Granted, it's Jalen Ramsey; he's a Pro Bowler. Uh, I mean, it's a tough call. Todd saying there's no way as a fan I'd be happy if my team didn't have a first-round draft pick for five years. I mean. There's the, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you guys haven't been happy that your team hasn't had a Super Bowl in 60. So, <laughs> but I, I don't know, dude. Like, I'm kind of on the fence about that comment, though, because that and 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 I guess I'm on the fence of Todd's comment based on the comment you just said, Alex. If my team was continuously winning Super Bowls, a la the New England Patriots, would you re- would you really? Uh, be tripping about um, 
having first round draft picks because again i thought i think that the 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 person that i used to really how i how i really looked at first round picks was shannon sharp because Mm -hmm. i thought shannon sharp on a show was saying how these nfl teams are for whatever reason, sub gung ho on keeping these first round draft picks. Like we got to stockpile these picks. We need dra- first round draft picks. Blah blah blah. But at the same time, you're basically trying to bank on a bunch of what ifs on a bunch of kids that have never played. That's never pro played ball. down while you're sitting here talking about um you know one of the best shutdown corners. Like right now, Cedric just asked me, "Am I raging about Ramsey?" You damn right, because I wanted him in Tampa. The same price that the Los Angeles Rams just just gave up, Tampa could have done the same thing for a team that can't stop the goddamn pass. Yes, but no, we're sitting on our hands because most fans are, oh, we got so much things to do. And that, 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 that. that sound like a bunch of morons at times. But here's the Los Angeles Rams that went for broke, that's sitting at three and three. They're struggling especially against the pass defense. And what do they do? They say, screw a bunch of what ifs. I'm going to go for broke for a guy that is the best shutdown corner in football. And they went out there and paid the price for it. And I can sit here and say that I don't blame them for doing it. I'd have done the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I, I agree like, with what, exactly, what you're saying. Like, you're right, because think about it like this. Okay, for every Josh Jacobs, there's a, I don't know. There's a Kyler Murray. you Or or some other lower first-round draft pick that just didn't pan out. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, dude. I think, I think the Rams really got on one on this one. You trade a corner to the Ravens that was continuously getting beat for a guy that's the best shutdown corner in the game. Very true. Yeah, but you know what though? That's 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 very true because the first round court, the first round draft pick. I mean, that really isn't doesn't say much. It just says that they were good in college, and like I I do agree with you that paying the money for a well seasoned player that has already proven his chops with multi how many like a two time Pro Bowler. Yes, uh, I definitely think that's the better choice to go with than thinking than just like debating on oh well you so and so is that you know let's hope for who we're going to get first well that just means you're going to get some of the better kids that were in college but that doesn't mean that kid can play that that kid can play pro ball i mean and i bring him up a lot but look at the way kyler murray plays like they're playing college offense yep they are playing a college offense and I don't care if the coach, what he coached at Tech, Texas Tech. Yeah. I do not care that he's a college coach. Bro, this is the NFL. And I'm sorry, the little college games aren't going to work against everybody. Yeah, it worked last weekend. Thank God for you. What have they won? Two games this year? Oh, I mean, so, uh, yeah. And, and coming off that big win against Atlanta. So, yeah. And honestly, and let's just say this. Is is coming off of a win from Atlanta a big win? No, but it is a win though. Yeah, it is a win. Yeah, you can't you can't deny that it's not a win. I know. No, I, I'm not. I, you know, but you know what I'm saying, right? I'm saying like so that team they wasted what they could have drafted. First off, they got rid of Josh Rosen, who I think really could have done well in Arizona. 
Me too. Uh, but I think they they wasted their first round draft pick on Kyler Murray. Got rid of Rosen. Really didn't get anything that great for him. I mean, nothing. I mean, obviously nothing that's right to write home about. Now, that being said, so now what? Instead, now we've got Kyler Murray, a kid who plays college ball on the on a professional level. Uh, we've won two games barely. Uh, when we could have drafted and used that money to maybe go after some and that draft pick to maybe go after somebody that has actually proven that he can play pro ball. I agree with what you're saying. I mean, that, that it makes perfect sense. So why would you waste your money uh, or waste your, yeah. Why, why, why wouldn't you wait, throw, uh, give a pick to somebody else and pick somebody back up? I, I, I get it. Well, think of it this way, though. Now, I looked up a little bit more about the whole first initial deal with the uh, Ravens and the Rams. The Baltimore secondary now looks like Earl Thomas, Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, Brandon Carr, and Marlon Humphrey. And I can't say that's a bad secondary in itself. Agreed. However, that secondary has not looked as like the very like the 2001 Baltimore Ravens defense. There's similarities to it. Yes, there's ball hawking on it, but I don't see I don't see it still as solid because the Ravens have been giving up points as of late as well. True. So there's there's a lot there's a lot to be seen about what's going on. Uh the Rams in a way do upgrade from Peters by getting Ramsey. But the question mark being is, and I believe after this, after the end of this season, he becomes a free agent. What is the cost going to be to the Rams, knowing the fact that they're paying Goff 110 million over the next God knows how many years, uh, Gurley 45 million guaranteed, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald at 87 million. Uh, with whatever salary on top of that, and then the question marks are going to be on Ramsey. Because they obviously didn't rent him for this season and just for the for the rest of the 11 weeks of the NFL and probably the playoffs. True. That's, that's, that's a very, very big uh, thing going on. Uh, we also have, let's see here. This is kind of a, a the, the the meat for the the news is coming up. I'm, I'm not gonna like automatically jump into that because I know there was a few people that had comments about it that I talked to earlier. Uh, there is a rumor going around in the NFL currently right now that the Patriots may actually trade Michael Bennett, who is actually suspended for this Monday night's game against the Jets, to the Atlanta Falcons for a Mohamed Sanu. Wow, that that uh, if if that goes down, that's that's a big trade for uh for New England. But you know what though? Here's the thing with New England though, man. Like, th- dude, I think the reason why New England is still undefeated is because of their defense. I don't I don't think. Oh a lot yeah, a lot I think, of- I'm pretty sure. Don't they, don't they have the best defense in the NFL right now? Yeah, or is it is that a? They or do, is it, and I know uh, that they okay. haven't they haven't really played any like. You know, high powered, oh my God, offenses. But I mean, defense is defense. But, <clears throat> excuse me, for what it's worth, Tom Brady looks 42. He does. Everything he definitely does. 42. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, you know, and, and, and for what it's worth, it started, it started at the Super Bowl. 
Once the Super Bowl started, you were reminded that Tom Brady's 42. And if you're looking at this season as a Patriots fan, you're like, oh, it's, uh, Tom Brady's so amazing. You know, yak, 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 yak. Nah, bro. It's because that defense is so flipping amazing. And that and what it's doing is what it's doing is it's kind of deflecting the falls because think about it everyone keeps saying oh my god what's wrong with sony michelle what's wrong with sony michelle oh you know blah 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 this and that but my thing is why are you putting so much blame on sony michelle in the run game when you're six time mv i mean six time super bowl winning multiple time mvp quarterback is looking his age you know what i'm saying so i don't know if really bringing in muhammad sanu is is the in all be all if Tom Brady is looking and acting like a man that is 42 years old. And for the other side, for Atlanta, Atlanta needs a whole lot of help because they weren't as bad offensively, but there's something wrong with this team defensively. And I don't think bringing in a, an older Michael, um, an older Michael Bennett is going to help out the Atlanta Falcons in any type of way. You know, they, they're they another team. You know, here's a team. You If you was going to week six and said this team was going to be one and five going into week seven, a lot of people thought that you're either hater or nuts. But here we are, and this team is one and five, and they're, they were at least one non-blocking-the-back call from legit being 0-6. Well, just to say a little bit more on the uh – New England side. Uh, we started off this year by saying right off the bat that first off, let's look at the opponent that we talked with that they, the Patriots played on Thursday night. Okay. It was the New York Giants. All right? all right. Defensively, we've said again since the beginning of the preseason when we started the show, the Giants have no fucking pass rush. So Thursday night rolls around. There's a freaking 17 point. Uh, spot by the the Patriots, they're giving the Giants 17 points, and for a long time we didn't really. I, I in my personal opinion, didn't think that said they were going to cover 17 points. But the one thing that the Giants did was is they took advantage of off of the offensive line of the New England Patriots. Okay, that part of the offense itself has had already multiple changing parts. They still really haven't figured out a left tackle because their left tackle's on the IR right now. Okay? They lost their starting center. There's no cohesiveness in that offensive line. Okay? And right. we've talked about multiple teams, especially even the Dallas Cowboys, who have lost a few pieces up front. And you can see the dramatic difference when you have your starters in there and then when you have these quote-unquote fill-ins, the next guy up. Okay? Uh, they put Marshall Newhouse at left tackle. He's not a left side guy. He's not protecting Brady's blind side, so to speak. So I've seen over the last few weeks with the Pats that anybody coming off the left side of that offensive line has a direct beeline to Brady. Okay? So that is part of the Brady issue because the protection is not there. Second off... I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm saying it as a fan, but I'm saying it more in the analytic part. The weapons have not also been there for Brady either. They have not figured out the tight end spot yet. You had Dorsett out for the last two weeks. Gordon keeps twisting his knee like he's doing some type of dance in the middle of the field. 
Edelman's playing with broken ribs. So there's 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 a big anomaly there that really does need to be fixed. And yes, the defense has stood on their head the entire season, and that's gotten them three out of their six wins. That's that's what that's the way you could look at it, because they did play dog teams at the beginning of the year, aka the Miami Dolphins, and the New York Jets the first time in Foxborough, which they get to go up go to MetLife on Monday with a totally different Jets team, but. The central part of it is, is that offensively, that line is garbage. I will come mm-hmm. out and say it. It is not the offensive line that's been there for the last three years. That's the way to look at it, really. No, very true. Fair enough. All right. You know, I don't know. If, uh, no, go ahead. My fault. No, I'll go ahead. Because I was, I was going to bring up, I don't know if you saw that uh, there is a uh, – first of all, I want to I wanna say a couple of these comments. Uh, you were talking about the ball hawks for the uh, the Ravens. Uh, Cedric was saying that the 0-2 Bucks and the 85 Bears were better ball hawkers than the, than the 0-1 Ravens. I'll agree with you on that. And then he says San Francisco has a better defense than New England. Dude, San Francisco's defense is insane too. That they are. They are. That front seven is is unflipping real right now, and they're clicking on all cylinders. But um, I don't know. Did you see Trent Williams could be on his way to Cleveland? Yes. <clears throat> and the details for that deal are a little far out, but uh, there's a lot of money to be exchanged with that deal. And it, I, I got to tell you, though, like it's, it's kind of crazy to see that that deal may happen because he hasn't played a game all year. True, but Trent Williams is still one of the better left-slash-right tackles in the game, and Cleveland's offensive line is so bad right now that they they need some kind of help. I'm not saying that Trent Williams will bring in the same impact that Joe Thomas is going to bring, who's a surefire Hall of Famer, but they need some kind of upgrade because – and, and we, I was – Trying to mention this last week before we we um you know were got off the air, but um, dude, I just still think it's funny about how everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, is just clowning how bad Baker Mayfield has looked. But I don't think all of Cleveland's woes is just sorely because on Baker Mayfield. If I was to sit here and pinpoint some of Baker Mayfield's woes, that's not himself. I'd blame the front office. Yeah. Like, like, no offense, but the Cleveland Browns were a much better team without OBJ than they were with them. They were. They were. Because, what, what did they go eight and? They go like, eight and eight last year. I, I don't know if it was eight and eight, but I know it's definitely like six wins. I think six, seven, eight wins, sure. something crazy like that. But at the same time, I understand. I understand what you're looking at. OBJ's talent. OBJ is good. He's a good wide receiver. Is he a fit for this team? And right now, you're starting to see that he's not a fit for this team. He should arguably, like, taking nothing away from Jarvis Landry. I think Jarvis Landry is a good wide receiver. OBJ should be the number one target for Baker Mayfield, and he's not. And I'm wondering if them trading for OBJ ruined the chemistry that was on this team. Like, I feel like with that same number one pick that they traded away to get OBJ, you could have drafted like Hollywood Brown that's in Baltimore right now. Or you could have drafted DK Metcalf 
who's in Seattle right now. You know, but there has I don't know, dude. It's just it's just I think Baker's getting because Baker Mayfield suffers from foot and mouth disease. I think that's why he's catching so much hell. But I don't think it's warranted. I think that the front office unseemingly put this team together and either you don't have the coach that that can bring the talents out for this team or chemistry why this team is not working but cleveland should not look as bad as they have over the last few weeks you, you know what? i agree I, with you now honestly i thought mayfield looked really good on uh, on sunday I, I didn't think he looked bad at all um yeah but you know what though i kind of compare what the cleveland browns have been doing uh, within last year and this year, back to that supposed all-star team that Philly put together, that went what nine and seven or eight and eight, made it yeah. to the wild card, and then took a dump. Come on, like, like there, there are only so many teams that can pretty much get away with putting an all-star at every position. That's the way I look at it. It's not. Landry being there first, yeah, that was a great fucking deal. I'm not going to lie. They made a great deal with Miami. They got Landry. But, again, Baker on Sunday got hurt during the middle of that game. He didn't, yeah. miss, he didn't miss any play. I mean, they took him to the locker room. They checked his hip. And then all of a sudden, he was back. Like, he didn't even get a breather. They didn't even get a chance to put their backup in. And God knows who the fuck their backup even is. Right. But at the same right, though, like you, you're overloading somebody with all of this talent, so to speak. Unfortunately, they don't have Njoku, who's still out on injury. But when they had all of the pieces there, everything was working great. But they're a roller coaster, which week you never know what team is going to show up. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Uh, Papa Chunk in the chat room asked, uh, do you guys think the Cowboys are going to bring it back around given their injuries? Yes, but I think that the Cowboys issues is Jason Garrett. Yeah. And I've been and 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 the last three weeks have let me know that I think that the issue is with Jason Garrett. And I think that okay, if if I'm gonna give out blame equally, I think Dak Prescott's to blame. I think Kellen Moore is to blame. And I think not that Dak uh, Prescott. Yeah, no. that's great. Not 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 my boy, but I gotta I gotta I gotta uh you know call a spade a spade on this. And Jason Garrett. First off, I know that and 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 and, and, and Papa, you bring up a good point. The injuries, especially on the offensive line, no Lyle Collins, and they're missing somebody else in in the middle of that line, has been Travis has been uh, tra- uh it's been a travesty for them. However, you can't keep not going away from what makes the Dallas Cowboys special, and that's running the football, and that's what they're not doing, which leads me to <clears throat> situation number two, which is Dak Prescott. Dak's got to make better throws, okay? There's no way with – and I know Cooper's kind of been in and out, and now he's hurt yeah. with ankle injury, you know, Two weeks ago against the Saints, he was maybe 50% with the ankle injury. Last week, he had 11 catches for 200-some yards and a touchdown. This week, he got hurt again. But Dak also has Randall Cobb. That's still pretty decent. He Who's had, actually injured still. 
Yeah, uh, Michael Gallup, who's kind of getting his feet back together, coming back from injury. Um, but they're, they're still not going to Ezekiel Elliott, which now leads me to number three, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett has worn out his welcome in Dallas. And I don't understand what even is. with the team, he's worn out his welcome. They're tweeting about him. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And the problem that I'm having right now is that Jerry Jones, for whatever reason, keeps giving this man every chance and every excuse to be a head coach as if Jerry Jones is too damn old to go through the process of finding a new coach. And if I could, I don't mean to switch sports or anything like that, but this, but Jerry Jones, in my opinion, is starting to go through, needs to start doing what George Steinbrenner III did before he died, which is at some point relinquish the day-to-day activities and just be an owner. Find a GM, find you a front office, let them do the things. You sit back and let let your employees do what they're supposed to because Jerry Jones is now falling out of time. He really has. And this has to be the final straw. You just lost a football game to a team who had a quarterback come back from mono and drop a full 97 yard pass with a guy that wasn't with them in five yards. And when they tried to tackle him, he missed. That is embarrassing. The Dallas Cowboys over the last three weeks have the been embarrassed. Plays. The opening play, right? For I mean, how, what was that? How how much was that? Like it was it was at least a thirty yard pass. I mean, he bombed it on him, and it's just like, really, this dude's had fucking mono for the last like five weeks. Like, what is going on here? And he just exactly. comes up and opens up and just like, all right, guys, we're gonna do this. Exactly. And that's why and that's why I think that Ricky brought up a very good point when he said, you know, when the Patriots go play the Jets, it meant life. It's a new Jets team. Now you just gave this team fuel because a team that you should have went out there and beat. You made them look like world burners for a team that had barely scored any offensive touchdowns in the last, in the first five games. Give me a flipping break. So hopefully, you know, and they play um, they play Philly this week. And that's not going to be an easy game because there is no confidence in the Dallas Cowboy locker room. None. Well, and that's where your head coach comes in. But this idiot always sits on the sidelines, claps, and every once in a while will show emotions by throwing his challenge flag against Green Bay and getting 15 yards for it. Give me a break. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the Jets because I actually spoke to Mr. Antonio Medina over the weekend. He's not mm-hmm. mad at us. He's mad at the fact that every time he picks a team, the opposing team wins. So I just told him to pick every team that the Jets play, and they may win. So he did pick Dallas this week, and the Jets won. <laughs> So they are one in five, but it, but in the same right though, yeah, uh, the, the the Jets are going to be a different team, and I'm actually looking forward to see what happens on Monday because the line dramatically changed in that game over the uh, from open till now, and we won't discuss that till Friday. But right, um, next part that I really have up here and uh, a little bit of off news of the NFL, the XFL drafted today. They drafted, each team was allowed to draft up to 71 players. And some of the notable players that I did see that got drafted were quarterbacks. 
Uh, one was Landry Jones. I believe Jones played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other ones is Cardali Jones. Cardell Jones. Yes. He got drafted by the uh, D.C. Defenders. Right. And the other one I thought was kind of funny because he was on Alex's team for a little while. And that would be a uh, McGloin person. Matt, Matt McGloin. McGloin. Man, yeah. fuck that bitch. I'm glad that motherfucker's in the goddamn NFL. Fuck that asshole. So he's playing, God, that guy's a terrible fucking quarterback. He's, he's actually playing for the New York Guardians in the NX. The the XFL. Well, he ain't gonna guard shit. So that was that was actually pretty interesting. Uh, if anybody really gets the chance, they actually do have all the rosters up currently. The draft does end sometime tomorrow. I don't know how many rounds it is, but they they started that today, and it's quite a few of the guys that did play in that AAF league that full yeah. after six weeks. Uh, and obviously you can see the results of that because one of those quarterbacks is now playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So yeah, that, that was some of the little bit of the off news. Well, uh, that's the AFL. That's the arena football league, right? No, no, that was that experimental league that they started uh, where the, the teams weren't getting 500 people in the stands. Oh well, uh, yeah. That's the AA, whatever FB or whatever. Yes. Right. Yeah. That one. All right, so but, so what's the one that they drafted for? This is the arena football, no, right? No, this is the one that's being uh, run by Vince McMahon and the WWE. Oh, the XFL. That's yes. it. Yes, they came Vince out. Vince with- McMahon is back at it again, and let's see how long it takes for this league to fold. All right, so last night, obviously, it was Green Bay and Detroit. I'm going to kind of jump the gun on this one because since that game ended last night, my phone has been blowing up. Tweets and comments and notifications, whatever. It's just been just my phone has just been going off nonstop. I've charged it five times. So there were some comments made about last night's game, and it leads into uh, two parts of this. Barry Sanders at Barry Sanders on Twitter. I know that no one on the Lions can say it, so I will. That is a terrible missed call. On hands to the face and break a uh, bad break for our D that's playing so hard. The next comment I got was from Clay Matthews the third, who's currently out with a broken jaw for like another four more weeks. Storyline for the 2019 season continues to be the refs' inability to make the accurate and correct calls week in and week out. Al Riveron continues to blindly side his refs and the current status quo. Something must change. Zero accountability. Now, obviously, the refs last night during that Green Bay-Detroit game were god-awful. They failed. They missed a 13, like an illegal man, like a, a uh, yeah, what is it? Too many men on the field? field. Too many men on the field. There were 13 swinging dicks on that goddamn Packers defense. And they're just like, all right, fuck it. Let's see how this goes. So now the report came out at like 12.30 a.m. or p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, This via the NFL. NFL Executive VP Troy Vincent, who's a former Philadelphia Eagle, by the way, on that Dirty Birds defense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trey Flowers' second hands to the face penalty was an error. That happened twice during that drive. Okay. 
and there people on Facebook last night were up in arms about that whole call because it was bullshit. The hand never came anywhere near the face. It came into the cavity of the shoulder pads, which is a way that NFL linemen move their way through the offensive lines without getting any discrepancy penalties. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes, the elus- illegal use of hands penalty on the previous drive was correctly called. However, the second one wasn't. So now, again, they're saying that the NFL refs at some point are out against the Detroit Lions because every time it comes down to a close game, there's some type of penalty that swings it in their opponent's favor, and then they end up losing. I. I- yeah. I purposely can tell you that I didn't watch the beginning of the game. I did listen to it on the radio, and then when I got home, watched the rest of it. Dude, the Lions were crushing it. Yes. They were. But my issue with this is this. Yes, they got killed on two penalties on the last drive. But also at the same rate, five trips to the end zone, you only put the ball in there once. You kick the ball for 12 points. Yeah. So, in a way, though, if these penalties do stand up, even with the offensive problems that the the Lions had in the red zone, they still should have won this game, though. Well, yeah. Absolutely. But, see, that's that's the problem. The problem is, is that everyone focused on the result from two minutes before, but nobody wants to focus on your first point, Ricky. Five trips to the red zone, you only yeah, put no. it in the end zone one time. What's the one fade route that he threw to the tight end? Was that Hawkinson, I think? Yes. And Hawkinson comes down with it. <clears throat> two feet, falls on the ground, can't hold on to the ball. It's incomplete. Like, dude, you can't miss on those kind of chances, especially with the Green Bay Packers. And no. and 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 I do agree with Troy Vincent because everyone was, especially on ESPN, they're like, oh, that first one was BS, blah, blah, blah. No, it wasn't. He did get his hand to the face. There's actually pictures of his hands to the face, and that's why I was called. The second one was kind of bogus. My defense to the referees on that one, though, was I think one of the reasons why maybe that play got called because if you look at that again, <clears throat> the left tackle's helmet is going up, like, you know, like towards the back of his head, as if the illusion is there that his hands is being, that he's being pushed up by the mask. That's the only explanation that I can give. But this whole conspiracy theory against the Detroit Lions is I so dumb. I don't know dumb. about all that. I just yeah, think it's I, so that, dumb. And I think. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's just it's 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 stupid, dude. Like they're not against the Lions. The Lions are their own worst enemy, and you can't put you can't say, well, you know, I guess it's a double-edged sword because yes, we can clown you for for a one for five trips to the end zone or of, of the red zone to get in the end zone. But at the same time, you can't use that as an excuse for the refs to blow calls, which ultimately won the game for green Bay. It's the biggest double-edged sword ever, but yeah, I'm not, then, I'm not I don't believe that the NFL is out to get, I don't the- think they're out to get the lions. I don't think they're out to help green Bay. I don't think they're out to help anybody. Um, I do, however, think for the last couple of years, 
I don't know where they're finding these guys. So where it's like, it, it just feels like they're the amount of, and now maybe it's because they, they incru- increase the rules every year. And that's these guys the, are trying to, that, that could be it. Maybe that's the thing. Like, put, put more fucking rules in the goddamn game. Let them play fucking football. And then maybe we'll have less problems because they're only watching for certain things. Exactly. Maybe. And, and, and I think, I, think uh, I mean, I don't think that's, it, it's inefficient uh, officiating. I think it's like these guys, you guys are changing, they keep changing the rules of the goddamn game. These guys, no matter how professional that they are, they had to be looking at a million different places at one time mm. to try to see everything. And with all these new rules, you have to like, I mean, just in your mind, you have to like, okay, what was that? What was, was that this, 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 this? No, no. It, we've done the, the, the league has done this to itself. Yes. I, I agree 100% with you, Alex. I just think that, you know, you can't hit the quarterback here. You can only hit him here. Uh, when it comes to holding, you know, they can't hold you here. But, you know, if you do this, we're going to call holding. And then the, you can't touch him five yards. And if you touch him five yards and this and that. And then last year with the blow miss call with the pass interference. Well, now you can decide if you want to challenge pass interference. But it's got to be clear visual evidence. And we don't know if it's this or that. Blah, blah, blah. And then legal hands to the face. And then is this a catch? Is that not a catch? If you do this, this may not be a catch. But if you come up with the ball, it's not a catch. And if you're Calvin Johnson, will you catch the ball, put two feet down, make a full turnaround, and you flip the ball in celebration. Now they say that's not a catch because, you know, you didn't complete the process again. The re- I think the NFL brings this on the refs, and now the refs have to – so it's the, it's the trick-or-down shit of yeah, where yeah, the it, NFL it shits on the refs. Now the refs are shooting on the players, and now it's, it's starting to become to where we're getting these stupid reports of where the Detroit Lions have a bullseye on their back. As if, like, for some reason there's a conspiracy theory about a team that hasn't won a playoff game since GHW Bush, who's now died, was in office. Come on, man. It's funny that you kind of mentioned the 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 PI calls because then there was another article that came up, and this is on behalf of uh, NFL.com via Bleacher Report. Uh, Set up for failure, pass interference challenge rules, doing more harm than good. Oh, it's doing way more harm than good. It's fucking bullshit. There is a a very big qualifying note on here. I actually just lost it. Uh, According to data provided by the NFL, through week five, there were 39 stoppages of play across the league for pass interference challenges, and only seven of them got overturned. So now the percentage in that favor is not very, very good. In in so yeah. So what the fuck is the rule there for? Okay, so you see. Okay, I'm glad you more asked commercials. That, commercials, no, 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 no. more <laughs> advertising. That's what. I, no, I'm telling you. I will say that this is a conspiracy. That penalty is a conspiracy. So we have to watch the goddamn game longer and what and go out and buy more shit. That's what it is because it's like, oh, what's going to happen during the challenge? Oh, we're going to cut to commercial, right? While, you know, while they try to figure this out. You you know what I think it is? I think the prop, I think where it's pass interference is. You have to challenge pass interference when it's not called. Don't challenge pass interference when it is called. 
Because think about it like this. The only way that you could really, like, if it wasn't technically pass interference, is if the ball isn't catchable. But since we're on the theme of double-edged swords, um, it can't be like, okay, so they say if the ball's uncatchable, it can't be pass interference. But if the guy wasn't interfered with, then how did you know if he's going to catch the ball or not? So, again, it's another double-edged sword. But well, did, did, So what you're suggesting, didn't that happen in the Chiefs game? Um, where they dropped the ball, but they thought they, they, they I don't know if it when uh, on Sunday, yes, when oh god, I'm trying to think of the exact play. Well, there was also that you also using, but the, the Chiefs uh, called it and they, the play stood, but it wasn't ever called. They said it was a complete, a complete catch. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was gonna go go against the Chiefs, and then they called. They're like, ah, I mean, I like, no, no, no. This was pass interference. And then they look at it, and they're like, oh no, it wasn't pass interference. He just dropped the fucking ball. It was against Travis Kelsey. Oh, you're right. You're right. You know what I'm talking about now? That game. You're right. Yes, that did happen. Right when they tried to call pass interference because they thought dude was interfered with. And then uh, what's his name came out? It's like no, 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 no. That wasn't interference. And then you're right; they overturned it and said it was incomplete pass. He just dropped it. That's right. Well, one of the, the the big things was that Sunday night game last week with Green Bay and Philly. Uh, that there was a play in that game as well that kind of supposedly changed the momentum of the game. Uh, it was saying here it was on one of the cornerbacks, Philly Philly cornerback number twenty nine, and. It was compared to throwing a challenge flag in front of 50 drunks at a bar. They look at it and say, yeah, that's pass interference. But then the league says that the ruling on the field stands because it doesn't reach the level of what we saw in the playoffs. So now they're using that pass interference play in the playoffs as the benchmark for the PI challenges, which I think is a load of crap. Yeah. Because now it's just not physical, actual defenders and receivers with this PI call. They're now using it for picks, illegal picks in the on plays. Um, I, I mean, it, the, the the line is going is getting longer than what it's supposed to be for the actual challenge in itself. Right. And I think that's part of the problem is that teams are using pick plays and they're challenging that as a as a pass interference call where majority of the times that wouldn't be anything that would be called unless it was thrown down by the ref. I, I find it a little bogus on that point. Yeah, dude. I don't I don't know, man. I I, I personally think I think the referees have a tough job. I, I, I really do, do. It's gotten worse. It's gotten worse because again, we we're so we're so trying to make the NFL game so safe, and we're trying to make the NFL game so fair that with all these interpretation of the rules and everything and whatnot, it's just unfair to the referees because you're trying to keep it down the middle, but you know it's just it's t- it's tough for them. And and again, you know, I feel bad for what happened to Detroit this past weekend. I do but too. all but all the 
the excuses and 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 the nonsense about you know the the conspiracy against Detroit. I again, I think it's the stupidest thing ever. But you know, everyone has gotten screwed out of some kind of pass interference calls. I mean, if I want to, if I want to be real about it, if I go to last week's game between the Saints and the Bucks, there was a clear fumble. <clears throat> there was a clear fumble. On the returner for the New Orleans Saints, I can't think of his name. The man never went down. The ball came out, and when challenged, the referee said that there was no evidence of clear recovery when the Tampa Bay Buccaneer player fell on the ball and came out of the pile with the ball. What clear evidence could you not need? Or if we fast forward that game, how about Michael Thomas clearly pushes off Vernon Hargraves, gets five yards of separation, and the referee said, nah, that's not pass interference. All teams have been ultimately screwed by these rules, but the NFL can't blame anybody but themselves because they let one blatantly obvious pass interference call last year create to what we have now, and it's unfair for the fans, it's unfair for the players, and it's unfair for the refs. I agree. I, I agree 100%. I just think, look, I understand we need to make this game safer. But when it comes to, uh, oh, uh, no, you know, I don't know if, I don't understand making this game safer. You signed up to play football. You know what this sport is. Right. You don't see hockey players walking around. I mean, did you watch, if anybody watched the Stanley Cup? One of those team, one of those players on that team on the St. Louis Blues had all their teeth in their head. I'm saying you sign up for that. You know you're gonna. I mean, you know you're gonna get hit. You under if you're gonna play football, you understand the risks of what you're doing. It's this. It's no different. Playing football is no different than going and being a lineman or being uh, or going up and being. I mean, granted, you get paid a whole hell of a lot more. But it's no different than being a lineman or a guy that works on a wind farm when you're a million fucking feet up in the air or building skyscrapers. You know the risks when you take that job. Now, granted, they also they they do put they do put more safety equipment in there. You know, obviously there's PPE. I mean, you, yeah, there, there's that. But it, it's still at the end of the day, if you fall off of a wind tower. Well, that's what insurance is for, fucker. I mean, well, you know, that's why you get that. I mean, if you if you get hit too hard, well, you signed up for a game that you could get your ass rocked. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, yeah, no, yo, you're right, dude. I mean, at the same time, you know, you got these guys, you know, what's Jadavion Clowney? 6'5", 6'6", 285 solid. Can run forties up to four five. It's insane. That is insane. And uh, I want to refer to uh, uh, Alicia, who's saying that I would refer to the Bucks Saints game a couple of weeks ago. Of course I would. The hell I wouldn't for got screwed. But I'm just using that as an example, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm not using as that as the excuse why we lost. I'm just using it as an example. But all 32 teams at some point has gotten screwed Bruce. over this nonsense that's going on in the NFL. And, you know, if the NFL, if the NFL comes out at the end of the year and says our ratings have dropped 
by XYZ, this is the reason why your ratings are dropping by XYZ. Yeah. And, and here's the solution. If you're going to add more rules and this is going to, and people are going to hate me for this and it's really going to ruin the game. Add more refs. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. Add more refs. It's the only way. That's the only way these guys are going to be able to call, catch every single thing on that fucking field. That's the only way. If you have at least three other sets of eyes. So then what do we do? We're just... They're, they're going to see everything. All those little bitty, uh, you know, all those little sneaks. Because that's, I mean, that's kind of part of it. You got to try to beat the penalty. You know, that's, that's part of football. Right. But that's then, not going to fucking happen. That's not going to happen at all. So we're going to be watching a six-hour game. Yeah. Which there really is but, no point to it because it's only supposed to be about three and a half hours to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> and people exactly. want to say that, you, that soccer is boring. Soccer is fantastic. You know why? Because they they really don't they don't stop the game clock at all. They just add like five more minutes onto the end of the game. That's well, awesome. Well, this is this is going to be. I understand that the Patriots didn't play Sunday or whatever, but do you know what watching NFL football was like for me this weekend? It was like watching boring. snails fuck. It was boring for me because there there was so much bullshit happening in every game. In fact, the same play happened in seven different games. And there was a flea flicker. Somebody was playing mm-hmm. copycat the entire week because seven different games had a flea flicker in it. Give me some fucking originality for a change. Well, what? The Chiefs pulled it off last week, didn't they? Uh, about five of the seven teams pulled off the flea flicker. That, that oh, was, was two just, weeks ago the Chiefs pulled off the flea flicker. No, they that won. was the, the hook and ladder. Was, was, was two weeks oh, that ago. was the hook and ladder. That's yes. right. All right, so... We got scores. Uh, we don't have to really just sit there and plant on every single one of them. Uh, we do have the game in London. It was Carolina and Tampa. Ah. Ah. I, I'm wait. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give. I should give Nick like a three minute clock on this, but I'll let it slide. Uh, it was Panthers thirty seven, Buccaneers twenty six. Oh, and if anybody, any of you guys are friends with them on Facebook, I got. I didn't have to watch the goddamn game because this guy. First thing I wake up. And then I just see Nick Russell tweet or <laughs> Nick Russell posts on Facebook. This this fuck trash. I just like check the Dude. board. Like, yeah, I'm not even gonna talk to this guy today. <laughs> Dude, first play of the game, freaking Jameis throws a pick. I was like, this cannot go. This cannot end well. And here's the okay. Look, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend 20 minutes on this game myself. But here's it. Let's break a few things down. First off, even though he got two touchdowns, the Bucs still shut down Christian McCaffrey. You can't tell me nothing. You yeah. see, the Bucs seem to be the only team that can figure this man out. Nobody else can do it, okay? That's point A. Point B, dude, I don't know what Tampa Bay is going to do here with Jameis Winston from here on out because – I feel like there's a growing frustration in Tampa Bay right now because I read something where they're saying that Mike Evans might be starting to get frustrated in Tampa with Jameis Winston. But Mike Evans has no one to blame but himself in a couple of ways. If you look in that game in the fourth, it was either the the last or the third or the fourth quarter, I can't remember. Jameis Winston threw an absolute beautiful pass to Mike Evans, and this dumbass dropped the ball. 
I'm talking about he's looking over. He reached out. The ball literally hit him in the stomach, chest, arms area, and he bobbled it and dropped it. It actually happened twice in that game. And you're talking about you frustrated with Jameis? His ass should be frustrated with your dumb ass because how come he could throw passes to Chris Godwin and Godwin can almost catch everything, but he throws a beautiful dime to your stupid ass and you dropped it. So I feel like there's a growing frustration amongst the two, but now the frustration is becoming with the fans and Jameis because at some point, Jameis, here's, here's the problem. Jameis Winston weeks two, three, four, and five was probably the best quarterback that was playing. He committed very few turnovers. This man had a terrible game on Sunday. And now all of a sudden we're just throwing him out the wayside. Bucks fans I don't, are I don't so agree upset. with throwing him out the wayside. I, I I do agree. Like I mean I think he he's done very well. Um yeah dude he had he had four really good games and then we got to week six and he looked like the old Jameis again. And all of a sudden, I, this is this is how bad, this is how bad and dumb Buccaneers fans are. You ready? We should start Ryan Griffin and see what he can do. It's Ooh. week seven. Our back Ryan Griffin has been either the third string quarterback or the backup quarterback to Jameis Winston ever since he's been in the league, or at least for the better part of the last three years. You would think that there is a reason why Ryan Griffin has either been the emergency backup or the backup quarterback to Jameis or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Stop it. These are the same mm. idiot Buck fans that wanted to run Matt Gay out of town when the rookie had one bad game against the New York Giants. Hasn't missed a kick since. Dude, look, Bucks fans, give me gas. We had a bad game. I'm glad we're off. Because we still have to go on the road and play Nashville in two weeks. But kudos to Carolina. Uh, what's his name? Kyle Allen's 4-0. And now that's leading to whether when Cam Newton gets healthy, do you bring Cam back in? Or do you keep Kyle Allen in there because the man's 4-0 as, as the starter? Only time will tell. All I'm saying is, look at the Bucks. What happened to the Bucks last year? Fitzmagic, Jameis. Kyle Allen, Cam. It's going to be an interesting situation in Carolina, but the Bucks got to get this stuff fixed. All right, so then we move on to uh, Baltimore and Cincinnati. Uh, this game here, I know there was garbage time at the end, but only a six-point win for the Ravens. Ravens yeah. three, Bengals 17, and there's now talk in Cincinnati what they're going to do with Andy Dalton. Uh, he has no – again, the, they can only have the run game in Cincinnati – uh, in this game here, though, we did have Lamar Jackson pretty much the entire game. He did everything. Uh, threw for 236 yards, ran for 152, had a score. Otherwise, besides that, there wasn't very much of a running game. Uh, the passing game was pretty good. And, uh, again, uh, only a six-point win for the Ravens, which is probably the reason why they traded for Marcus Peters, because you gave up 17 points to the fucking Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. We yeah, have. dude, and 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 Lamar Jackson is amazing, dude. The way he was running that ball, just so smooth. The same way that you saw him doing it in Louisville. But yeah, dude, and 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 keep an eye out on what's his name too, uh, AJ Green. I think AJ Green is going to be on the trade block. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Cincinnati, I think, is going to concede the season. I wouldn't be shocked if Cincinnati was in the quarterback sweepstakes in the upcoming draft. All right, so now this game here, we mentioned them before, Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. It was Seahawks 32, Browns 28. Uh, you look at the numbers here. Uh, where, where is it? Uh, Baker Mayfield did throw three picks. He now leads the NFL in throwing interceptions for okay. a guy who's only played fucking six games. He actually... It, d- like. Ever? No, no. For this season, he's oh, leading the NFL like, in picks. Dude, like he's thrown that many picks? Yes, he has. But this also, this game here also goes to show that uh, Legion of Boom 2.0 is like Legion of Boom like 7.0 because they just cannot stop anything. Yeah. Right? They gave up another 28 points. They gave up 29 to the Rams on Thursday Night Football uh, in recent past. So there's a lot of questions here. Russell Wilson did have some great numbers through the ball for 295. Uh, Carson ran for a buck 24. I, I mean, Seattle's five and one, but their defense looks as porous as a sponge. Yeah, dude, and 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 that's why I think Russell Wilson. That's why they're the Seahawks. Yeah, and I think that's why Russell Wilson's probably in talks for MVP. Okay, a game who only had one touchdown. Uh, New Orleans 13, Jaguars 6. This was a field goal game until I believe it was the fourth quarter. Uh, snooze fest on my end because I turned it on, so it was 6-6 and turned it right off. That's the only yeah. thing I really say about it. But Teddy Bridgewater is undefeated at quarterback for the Saints. And the Saints defense has really picked it up since the Rams game. Ever since they lost to the Rams, dude, that defense has been on fire. So if they keep it up, man, I, I don't. They, they can when go is Breeze first. expected to come back? Two weeks. In two weeks, yeah. Jeez, and Christ. and dude, they I'm got the dude. They got enough. the Bears this week too. Oh fuck! Yeah, good luck. Well, the bear. The good thing about that is the Bears' offense is shit. So, and there are rumors. Again, it's a rumor. Okay. There's a very big possibility that the uh, Chicago Bears may be trading for Cam Newton. <laughs> it was either it was either the Bears or Denver <laughs> trading for Cam oh, Newton. Oh god. <laughs> oh man. Oh that means so much to me. <laughs> what a bunch of fucks. Oh fuck that team. Fuck the Bears. Uh, <laughs> they're going to get Cam Newton with his little beard. Oh, God. It's going to be awesome. Well, think of it this way. If he pairs up with Von Miller, imagine that fashion show at the postgame. Oh, yeah. So the next, th- next so game up the is... The only good player they're going to have is Mac, and he ain't even that great. So the next game we have coming up. He's not here. He hasn't been here in two weeks to talk about it. Kansas City Chiefs are now on a two-game losing streak. Losing at to the home. Texans. At home. At yes. Home. Falling behind in that run for the number one seed in the NF in the AFC uh playoffs. <laughs> Houston 31, Chiefs 24. Mahomes did open up great. I, I again he did. 
This was something that kind of pissed me off this week because I got the notification that Tyreek Hill was not going to play. And then all of a sudden, one o'clock comes around, and here's Tyreek Hill running around on the field. Yeah, so he got what? One good, two good, two good touchdown passes. He got two touchdown passes. And that was pretty much it with the Chiefs. With the, I mean, really? Um, well, Hill had five catches for 80. Yeah. Kelsey had four catches for 58. That guy's a good fucking player, man. He is, you know, one of the things I do, that about the Chiefs is they do have some players that I enjoy watching play. Uh, Tyree Kill's not one of them because he beats children, but the uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, I really enjoy watching that guy play football. Todd says in the uh, the chat, uh, still doing better than the Raiders and the Bucks. So laugh all you want. Hey, can I? Oh, can okay. Okay. So, what we're on a bye week, we would have won the game this week, too. We would have been tied with you. So, don't really get to, and we still got to go play the Packers, okay? We could probably beat the Packers because the, the fucking Lions ran on them all day, and oh. we've got a badass running back and a badass offensive line. So, let's talk about that on Friday. Uh, we might not end up on, I might not, I won't probably won't be here on Friday, but we'll talk about that shit. So don't give me that shit like, well, we fight you. Yeah, we're on a bye weekend, asshole. Fuck off. And and I 100% agree with Alex because you can sit there like, okay, if you want to say record-wise you're better than the Oakland Raiders, fine, you can. But if you honestly as a fan will sit there and say that we're better than the Oakland Raiders right now, dude, you smoke crack because you're not better than Oakland. You in two games, the same thing that Alex has been saying since day one has now come to light in the last two weeks. That defensively, the Chiefs... The, the Chiefs are not good at all. You got ran all over by Marlon Mack and the Indianapolis Colts the week before. And, and then Deshaun Watson single-handedly beat you guys last week and both games were at home. So, and now you're sitting there. We guys are salty. Todd, have you watched the game? I know, like, by accident, we ruined the game for you on Sunday. But actually watch the football game and tell me that you honestly think that the Chiefs actually look good to say that they are better. Because they're not. They're playing I, like crap. All right. So I actually watched the game from start to finish. I did, too. They too? made Will Fuller look like God in the secondary. No joke, because he was open about like 30 fucking times. Exactly, and he and he dropped three legit passes. One of them was a four touchdown. So don't sit here. Don't try and sit here in this chat room trying to get all steamed up. That's the only thing, but that's the only thing Chiefs fans do when we beat you guys. Yeah, well, we beat the Colts, and they fucked you up. So, <laughs> look, I mean, it's any given Sunday... We still got to play you at home, motherfucker. And the last time we beat you two years ago was at home. No, it was a year ago. No, no, no. No, it was two years ago. A year ago, we beat you at home. And look, and think about it like this. If Patrick Mahomes needs to get healthy at some point, because if you attack that ankle and he can't move, you want to talk about a man, uh, the man that, ever, you know, Jesus Mahomes now becomes a mortal man at this point. Because when he was running around the pocket in that first quarter or so, when he was throwing all those Jesus passes to Tyreek Hill, oh, it looked amazing. But then once he got that ankle hit again and he became he didn't become mobile, now all of a sudden they look like a lethargic team. 
I believe this was his first interception of the year. Oh, yeah. By the way, yes, it was. Thank God. Now we get Only that. Only three happened to happen. yards. Yeah, and it had to happen on a challenge, by the way. Yeah, well, uh, it's a, it's a interception is an interception. You know what, but, though? Houston had a great game, but I do want to point out they have finally figured out their running game a little bit. Carlos Hyde had 28, 26 carries, sorry, for over 100 yards. So Houston, after putting up 52 on the Falcons last week, 31 more points. Their offense is moving. Oh, man, Todd, God damn, I wish you were here and I could say this shit to your goddamn face, but you're listening. Oh, wow. We're, I'm not salty, dude. You're the one that's salty. Me, well, me still doing, better, doing better than your Raiders in the Bucks, Dude, what are you fucking serious, bro? Yeah. Like, really? You are a fucking Chiefs fan and you don't watch fucking football. Obviously not. Like, you suck the Chiefs dick. And that's about all you do. Like, oh, God damn, the Chiefs are fucking awesome. And when they're not, you're like, well, at least, at least we beat you this year. Well, we got to play you another time, motherfucker. And I'll tell you what, at least we got three motherfucking Super Bowls. If you want to talk about old shit. All right. Well, here's- uh, now I'm not salty at all. I'm just something like you are, you don't watch the game and it irritates the shit out of me. Well, I yeah, am going to tell you about one game that did irritate the shit out of me, which was the shit bowl in Miami. Redskins oh, 17, Dolphins God. 16. The Redskins did choke a fucking 17-3 lead, and the Dolphins came back and could have tied it, but they fucked up. But hey. I'm not even going into stats on that. But I do know that. The Redskins won a game. Wasn't that like the last? No. Cincinnati, wait. Cincinnati has a win? I think so. No, no. No, 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 but wasn't that the last, like, wasn't that the battle of the two, the gate, the teams that have not won? Yeah. So, like, so now there's only one. It's the Dolphins, right? Yes, I think oh. it's the Dolphins. It's either the Dolphins or the Dolph- I think it's Dolphins and Cincinnati are the only yeah, two that don't have Cincinnati hasn't won a game either. So then we had uh, Eagles and Philly. This one here, Stefan Diggs actually caught a ball for change. Three touchdowns. Uh, Thielen had a touchdown. They both went off. Philly's defense looks fucking horrible. Still. And their and offense kind of looks horrible, to too. To trade for Patrick Ramsey, too. I'm surprised they didn't pull the trigger. Well, they're, they're just horrible. and I really don't want to go into numbers because I know we're going to be a little bit pressed for time here. Um, I, I thought it was a great offensive game. I did turn it off going into the second half because it was a blowout. That's the only thing I can say about that. Um, another toilet bowl game down in Phoenix. Cardinals 34, Falcons 33, and the Falcons lose the game because their field goal kicker couldn't come through. I'm shocked by that, dude. Matt Bryant is usually Mr. Reliable. And, and yeah. that, is, that is very true. And on and I've been to Phoenix several times. There's really not a lot of win there. And don't they play in a dome? Yes, yeah, they, they do. Yeah, they play in one of those retractable domes, I think. Yeah, no. Yeah, they do play in the retractable dome. It looks like the Michelin Man, like far, like took a shit, and that's what their stadium looks like. And Phoenix um, was Phoenix was ahead in this game for a little while. Atlanta did come back, but the the, the Bryant kick that was just that was the nail in the coffin for fucking the Falcons this year. Yeah, that just shows how bad they really are. Yeah, you are not lying, dude. All right. This is a game here. We kind of touched on it a little bit with the the Ramsey trade. It was San Francisco 20, Rams 7, no girly. Jared Goff, and again, 
I think at some point I'm gonna I, I I'm I've been pushing this point, and the more that I see him not succeed, kind of really just enforces the whole thing. Goff got paid a ton of money. Okay, isn't he the highest paid quarterback so far? Um, I, I think so. I think he is. But when you only throw for seventy-eight yards in four quarters, oh, um. I think uh, I think I saw it last night that Matt Stafford had 186 yards in the first half alone. Um, but you know what, Ricky? Though, dude, I don't think I don't think that that should be a full diss on Jared Goff. I think it needs to be 90 percent praise on how good dude that defense in San Francisco is. Just so good. That is not. There's not a lot of teams that are going to play really well against San Francisco, and it showed again. Not but this also, year. What, no. but what also you mentioned is no Todd Gurley. That takes away what kind of makes that offense go. You know, when he was healthy last year in the beginning of the season, <clears throat> the Rams couldn't get stopped. This man has not been healthy all year, and that team is struggling to get going. And then you have no Gurley against the 49ers, dude. Unless you were going to be Jesus, you are not going to get over 100 yards passing. Yeah, but you know what, though? Like, I'm looking at the targets, okay? So, Cooper Cup had six balls thrown to him, four catches, only 17 yards. Hmm? Brandon Cooks, okay, yes, he caught all three balls, only had 18 yards, okay? Uh, they've, they've, they've been saying that Robert Woods has been massively ineffective. No catches on four attempts. Okay. Now this is, this is, again, this was the high flying team in the NFC last year. I'm not, I'm I'm not going to, I'm not making any digs on the Cowboys. I'm not making any digs on Tampa or Green Bay or any of those high priced, high flying offenses. But this was one of the higher scoring offenses in the NFL last year. And they're getting made look like shit. This is three games in a row now that the Rams have either had to shoot out against Tampa and couldn't keep up, or they just have not put up points at all. There is a big problem in LA with the Rams. And I don't oh, think yeah. it's just I don't think it's just them not having Gurley. Because Malcolm Brown, even the time that Gurley was still playing, was still running the ball more than Gurley anyway and was being effective. Well, no, and honestly, I don't think that's just the fact that, like, dude, honestly, the, the Rams, I maybe they did better last year, but I, I'm i going to go ahead and agree. Like, agree. I saw a video uh, today where this guy was like, this is why it's hard to be a fucking Rams fan. And they're in L.A., and it's just a sea of red. Like every Rams game is a every Rams home game is an away game because it doesn't matter who they're fucking playing, their opponents always like it's just like they have they no one goes out like L.A. They should have never gone back to L.A. whatsoever because that's the reason they that's the reason they left in the first place. I mean, say what you will about you know players and whatnot, but the fans do help. A lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really do. I mean, you think the Chiefs would be as good as they are without the without Chiefs Kingdom? Fuck no. They've got the loudest goddamn stadium in the NFL, or actually the loudest outdoor stadium ever. 
because they're loudmouth jerk offs that really, you know, that that think they're awesome when they suck. But still, I gotta have them handle them on their pride. You gotta give them on their pride, and they're loud and proud about it. Good for them. Good for them for backing their fucking team. Honestly, like, and that's that's not a diss on KC. Like that team's been pretty much shit for a long time. They've had their good years and bad years, but it's been a shit team, and they're still the loudest outdoor stadium. That is fucking amazing. That is fuck fan fucking tastic. I can't and they're and all their friends, they're assholes. They're just whiny little bitches, but they're still like fucking so diehard about their team that the team does. I mean, that helps a team play better when your fans are just scre- losing their voices, screaming for you. That does make you a better team because you feed off that momentum. Like it's all in, it's all the energy and the atmosphere. And in LA, they don't fucking have that right now. They don't. And let me and let me say this before we go on. I went to a game when St. Louis played uh, Tampa because from Chicago, St. Louis is a solid. I don't know. Um, it's like a three-hour drive from Chicago to St. Louis. Yeah, dude. That well, dude, place- I just found out some news today. Uh, in a few months, I might be your uh, a three-hour away neighbor. Nice. No, <laughs> Go um, ahead. I uh, that place was rocking, dude. That place was rocking. St. Louis loved their their football team. Like St. Louis, I think is a very underrated sports town, and I think that. There was no reason for any team to go back to L.A. L.A. had two football teams before with the Raiders and the Rams. There was a reason why they left. It was a reason why for 10-plus years, nobody tested that market for football. And we'll get it. The only team that had a turnout turnout was was the Raiders, and they decided to move back to Oakland. Exactly. And And there's still still L.A. Raider fans. I mean... uh, well, so the Raiders are, I mean, especially in the Latino culture, but, you know, we were everywhere. Right. But I'm saying, though, dude, I'm, I was upset when, when the Rams went back to St. Louis. And it just seems like it seems like L.A. is destined for failure because I know we're going to get into this game. But the Chargers Steelers game. Bro, did you see how many of them terrible towels was in that game, too? Mm-hmm. Like, how, dude? Just remember, the Chargers are still homeless. They play in a fucking God-forbid soccer stadium. The celebration was fucking miserable. The fucking lights Chargers flashing on and off. Sta- no, 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 no. Chargers play at the same stadium that uh, the They Rams played play. in a soccer stadium on Sunday. Yeah, no, on Sunday. Oh, they, they played at the Galaxy play. Stadium. That's yep. right. Yep. Okay, that that I'm I that's another game I don't even want a ball to getting into because I fucking threw up middle halfway through the game. Yeah, and it. they tore up the field for the galaxy. And it was Steelers twenty four, Chargers seventeen. Uh, we already talked about this game earlier. I don't think it really is a point to jump into that one. Uh, Jets twenty four, Cowboys twenty two. Let's just talk about this for a minute. I mean, we talked about it a little bit more, but I'm just gonna say, I completely underestimated Darnold the uh last week and I was like man he but I felt bad because like he had mono I've had mono it makes you feel like you want to die and he's only been out what five weeks four weeks four weeks to me that does not seem like enough and so I was like man this guy's gonna play like a down he's gonna get a somebody's gonna just walk up and go boop and he's gonna fall over because that shit 
takes a lot out of you. But man, boy, was I surprised. And yeah. I uh, ate my words when the first pass that he comes out, he throws a 40 yard bomber. And like, well, <laughs> granted, he was in better shape than me when he got mono. <laughs> I think it affects people differently, but no. And I, I just had to say, I was like, I was, I was impressed with the guy. Like, I, I with the Jets. Like, you, you, even though they're the, it's the Jets playing the Cowboys, the Jets suck. They were zero and four, and even I was like, a quarterback's not going to make a difference. A quarterback is not going to make a difference if your whole team sucks. And it really well, did because Jamison Crowder came up big in that game too. Maybe it was just the, the, the quarterback they had sucked and couldn't make anything happen with their team. So now that they have the real quarterback, uh, we'll see. I'd like to see. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens from the with the Jets. But, man, just the, the Cowboys' tears that were just flooding the streets of Dodge City, Kansas. We also had uh, Denver pitching their first shutout since week 14 of the 2017 season. Broncos 16, Titans 0. Mariota got benched in this game for Ryan Tannehill, and it didn't make a difference. They were still just putrid. See, we've got we got again talk some talks about uh, Broncos going into this game on Thursday, which is uh, yeah, th- th- that's pretty much the thing though. Uh, the the line for this game, we can make the pick now actually for uh, Chiefs Broncos. Which is actually are they, where are they playing? They are playing in Denver. Yeah. Playing a mile high. Yes. Yep. Um, the uh, obviously Mahomes is listed as probable on the fucking sheet. There, see here, look and here, Ricky. Why don't you write or not, Ricky Todd? Why don't you write the fucking owner of the goddamn Chiefs and tell him to quit fucking up their best player by playing? That guy should have been benched at least for two weeks. But on week two, take him out two weeks for a sprained ankle. Not a big deal. They're probably not going to lose because they had a they have a they had a pretty have a pretty decent team. And now look, you've got Mahomes playing hurt. Now look what happens. The game starts going to shit. His numbers start going down. Yeah, he threw three touchdowns on Sunday. Thank God Tyreek Hill is back. But at the same time, his mobility is down. He's not the Patrick Mahomes that you're used to. And he's not the Patrick Mahomes that's going to take you to a Super Bowl and wipe that off the table because their defense can't take him. So uh, with Mahomes the way he is, playing the way he is, I'm going to go Broncos all the way. Yeah, I'm with Alex on this one. Um I think the Broncos, ever since they got that first taste of a win, now they're starting to build up a little momentum. And I think that their defense is starting to find their identity. Now, now Vic Fangio is kind of showing them, you know, you know, how how it is to 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 kind of win and, and what he wants from them from their defense. They looked really good. And, and I'm with you with the Chiefs. Do I think I think Fla- I think Philip, not so much Flacco, I think it's Philip Lindsay. I think Philip Lindsay's yeah. gonna Big time day against this Chiefs against defense. Against the Chiefs defense, he's gonna run it right up their fucking asshole. Yeah, dude, I I'm taking Denver both ways. Oh. With the with the lack of with the with the amount of injuries that the Chiefs have, and them not benching their injured quarterback, the Chiefs are in for a long season. 
And I think, and, and that is Andy Reid being an ignorant jerk off. Maybe his job might be on the line because he hasn't won a Super Bowl and he's, you know, he hasn't taken him to a Super Bowl with the talent that he does. Because honestly, on paper, the Chiefs are a Super Bowl team. If they just, all they had to do is fix their defense. But they haven't done that. They've depended completely, he's depended completely on offense. And so now he's got, I mean, what's Watkins is out, right? Uh, I'm actually looking for the injury report now, but it's not coming up on NFL.com. I am pretty sure Watkins is out. Now, you do have Tyreek Hill back, but you've got to hurt. Uh, you have you have hurt Patrick Mahomes. Uh, your defense is terrible. So, yeah. all you really have. Now, LaShawn McCoy had some really good looks on Sunday. But really, no, actually, no, he didn't. He didn't run for, what, 70 yards? Right. I'll give you that number in a minute. Looking for the uh, the scores now. I can look up that game right now. I've got, oh my goodness, I've got a rush kill. Yeah, my, uh, Clyde was their, was their biggest rusher, and he rushed for 116, or Hyde. No, sorry, LaShawn McCoy. 44 yards, 8 touches. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, Are you that... fucking kidding me? That's not going to work. Against Denver. I'm sorry. Even with their defense, their defense isn't really bad. It's really not. So now Nick uh Nick Chubb's hurt. But Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb. Dude, I get the Chubbs mixed up. Because we all like Chubbs, right? <laughs> I like you know, I like when I get a Chubb. <laughs> 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 That's where you throw that one in there. If we had a chub on the Raiders, I'd have a better, a bigger chub, you know, <coughs> a full on semi. But uh, no, uh, I, I, LaShawn McCoy, he's a non-issue for Denver. And hot, uh, let's see. And, and Lindsey. Yeah, he's a major. The reason that the reason that the Chiefs got beat by the Colts. They should have never got beat by the Colts. The only reason the Raiders beat the Colts is because the Raiders have a good front seven. They could stop that run. The thing that the Chiefs couldn't stop the run against the Colts. The Chiefs couldn't stop Hyde. Hyde had amazing carries last. Their run defense is garbage. So, I'm yep. I agree. I'm going with the Broncos. I mean, I mean, I already said it. Broncos. The Chiefs defense cannot stop. The Broncos offense, not Philip Lindsay. Well, they have now Sammy Watkins at limited practice. Yeah, he ain't playing. Mahomes on at Thursday? full practice. Yeah, Tyke Hill full practice. The only ones that didn't practice were the uh, members of the offensive line and Chris Jones. And I think that Chris Jones injury is going to be play? a big. Yeah, two of the starters. Yeah, I I I, I don't see the Chiefs doing anything. Honestly, like, I, I, and I'm not talking shit. I'm not talking shit on Todd. Todd, I bust your balls, but I love you to death. I just don't understand your team because they irritate the fuck out of me. Uh, <laughs> because they have they have the point, they have the potential to be a good team, but they fuck it up all the time. So, yeah. I don't know, Ricky. Where are you going? I hate to say it, but I don't think the Chiefs lose three in a row. I really, really don't. 
they're going to end up figuring something out. I, I think the, they don't play well on the road, though. Yeah, but the last two meetings that they played in Denver, they won by seven. So they they Are would you actually sure? yes, and they would cover the spread because last year when they played the game in Denver, Denver was coming back, and they ended up picking off. Uh, yeah, they picked the quarterback off, uh, in the fourth quarter on the last drive. Enum. Yeah, that's right. They were actually playing. That was a hell of a game. It was. It was, it was Monday Night Football too, so that made it even yeah. more exciting for me. I, I'm going to go Kansas City. I don't think they lose two in a. They don't lose three in a row. I really don't. I mean, the line is only the the line is only minus three. It opened up at negative four and a half. But I, I can't see them losing three in a row. Hey, if, they, if they lose three in a row, then there's something I really can, wrong. Man, with their with their with their line, their offensive line is garbage, and you still have to look at the fact that Denver does have a it still does have a semi. Good defense. They have a mediocre defense, and with a bad, with a terrible line, a mediocre defense, it's going to go through. I don't Espe- know, especially with Von Miller. But it does look a little crazy, and, and the whole show goes and fucking Nick doesn't shrink. Now he's shrunk. Go figure that one out. <laughs> All right, what do we got left? That's it. We're done. We're done. We got through the whole schedule. We made the Thursday night pick, and this week is going to be trades. And 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 I gotta tell you, this weekend for picks is gonna be fucking insane. Yeah, there are some fucking brutal games out there. Houston, Indy, Oakland Packers, man. Minnesota, Detroit. You got uh, San Fran, Washington, which should be a pretty decent game. Uh, Saints and Bears, Dallas and Eagles, and then the Monday night game with the uh, Jets and Pats. There's some pretty good games out there this weekend. Honestly, I'm excited to see that Jets and Pats game. Hey, what was the oh yeah, dude? I'm I'm kind of anxious to see this Minnesota Detroit game because I want to see how Detroit res- re- responds after last week. And can Minnesota? I mean, they they flashed the passing game last week, but let's see how mm-hmm. long that maintains. Yeah. And, that, and that line started as a pick'em. Now it's at mi- Minnesota minus one. So there's a lot of drama going into this game right off the bat. That's just a little bit. Of Hold a on, real quick before we get out of here, uh, we've got we've got Keith Robbins. He's a sharer. He says he thinks the NFL needs to stay away from London. I agree a hundred percent. Brian yeah, Murphy says, too. "Hey, Keith. Hi, Brian Murphy. I, I I think they need to stay in America, uh, in the United States. I didn't think we need to stay. If you want to watch the NFL, then come here. If I like, can Canadians go watch the CFL?" I mean, and I'm not trying to be like, and that, I'm not trying to sound like elitist or anything, but like, look, going to playing in London, it really fucks with our players. But I do like how they've done it for both teams both weeks. So Raiders Bears played, they were on the bye the next week, and then uh, Carolina, 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 Tampa Bay played, and then they're on the bye in the next week, this coming week. So. <laughs> I like how they're doing that. I just don't want to fucking go there. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that that's it. I mean, well, thank God they're, they're still trying to dabble with a team <laughs> in London, and uh, I don't think it's going to happen because fuck that. Well, thank God I, there's I, no I, games there this weekend. Australia, never mind. Absolutely. I am not getting up. Can I indulge you with sufficient chips? Looking ass. <laughs> Hold like, on. <laughs> 
<laughs> man, fish and chips is delicious. If you no, have it, not, man, it's not. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. The Raiders can play one more season, one more time, and I'll I'll go to London for that, just so I can have the fish and chips while I'm and drink beer while I'm watching the Raiders in London. Yeah. I will give it that one, but if I can get some authentic fish and chips, not Alaskan cod, or just what they say is Alaskan cod, which is really, which is really catfish that they got out of Ford County Lake. No way. No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just speculating, man. I'm just fucking around. <laughs> All right, yeah, ladies is, and gentlemen. This is a fresh, fresh caught from uh, Alaska. No, it wasn't. It's, it's some catfish from Louisiana. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we're going to kind of wrap this thing up. Uh, just in case anybody's in the, still in the chat. Mr. Alex Aldapi's birthday is on Friday. Uh, yes, whether, uh, whether he's going to be here or not, uh, I, might, I probably won't be here. So you'll probably just get to see my ugly mug on Friday, because I think our uh, our, our uh, chief fan, the resident one, may be mad if they lose three in a row on Thursday night. Oh, he's got to go lick his. Never mind. I was going to say something very sexist, and I'm not trying to stop doing that. So he's going to go. Where do you go from that? Like any any final word, Nick? No, sir. Uh, I may not be here on Friday because I got to do something for uh, for Mac and Black on Saturday because I'm running solo on Saturday. So I may not be here Friday, but I will have my picks in. But uh, I will if, if I can, depending on when I'm done, I will try and tune in. Or even have to maybe do it from my phone, but we'll we'll play by ear and see. Yeah, I might, I might I might surprise you from my phone, man. Yeah, depending on where I'm at. Alrighty. So, so till Friday, we'll nine thirty Eastern Standard Time here. We'll catch you guys later. Dude. Pain Train Productions presents Arch Rivals Football Season Two. Your starting lineup, Ricky Litwinkowicz, Alex Aldape, Todd Rosenfeld, and Nicholas Russell. Enjoy the show. <laughs>